Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? It has been very interesting in that. I almost felt like I was going to have a slight nervous breakdown, but then I had to pull myself together, put my big girl draws on and let myself know that everything always works out and everything will be okay. And that's whether it's the job or with patients or with family or whatever. Um, I just had a lot going on this week. So this was a week for me to like really, really breathe. Like literally I went to the liquor store after work one day and got me a bottle of, what did I get a bottle of? Crown uh, peach. Cause somebody told me that was good. Poured me a little glass, took one sip and went straight to sleep. (laughs) I couldn't even get to the glass. Wait, 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 wait. So you didn't go to the liquor store and buy like a bottle of wine, which is what I would anticipate that you would have purchased. You bought crown (laughs) yes i have plenty of bottles of wine at the house i felt like i needed a stiff glass of something right now mind y'all i'm not a drinker i'm not a drinker the most i'm doing is really a glass of wine that's why i only took one glass of that uh that crown peach which was tasty actually but it stayed on the dresser for like two days and i was like oh i'm trifling i need to go take this glass and pour it out and wash it but I just had such a stressful day and I was talking to my coworkers and they were like, oh, you need a drink today. And I was like, you right, girl. But I don't think I have like real liquor at the house. So I'm going to go to the liquor store. I'm going to stop at Specs and I'm going to get me a bottle of Crown Peach because I want to try that anyway. And I'm going to take a bubble bath, lay back and just sip. I end up getting home, taking a shower instead, checking emails, replying to emails, putting Harrison down. Then pour me a glass, taking one sip and not getting through it. Well, I'm glad that you didn't get through the sip because I feel like when you're stressed, you shouldn't drink. Even though you really want to drink, I feel like when you're stressed out, that is the worst time to drink because then you will drink more and more because you start not feeling stressed as much. But it's kind of like a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. But I hope that the rest in the shower 
got you at least to the point where you felt like you could have control over things and you weren't about to have a nervous breakdown. I hope. Well, I think I always get to the point where I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. I need to like do something to like just take a break or get my mind off of whatever. And I'm not, I've never, have I ever shared, like I've never been drunk before, like ever. I've never been drunk. And so the fact that my coworker was like, you need a stiff drink. I was like, yeah, I'm getting me a stiff drink tonight, right? So I just, I just found myself trying to get through the to-do list, you know, like trying to like sit down and just get to do this. I was on the phone with a friend and my friend was like, you're the only person that I know tells yourself, oh, I'm going to unwind and then stays up to like two o'clock in the morning doing work. And I'm like, sometimes you got to do it. It makes a to-do list much shorter. And there's one thing when you're busy, you can't really drink and be busy at the same time. You can't even eat and be busy at the same time. Although uh, this pandemic has proven that to be not quite as true because I've gained weight during this pandemic because I don't skip no meals. Okay. No, don't skip none. But in terms of drinking, yeah. But I'm very well aware that you don't drink and that you've never been drunk. So when you said that you got, not only did you not get wine, but you got brown liquor, which is like, ugh. like, are we trying to grow hair on our chest? Like, what are we doing here? But you said it was tasty. I'll take your word for it because I don't do brown. It was, you know, there's certain browns. Like I like almost like liqueurs. Now, and this is not thick like a liqueur. It's just like a hint of peach, which a lot of people drink like those flavorful crowns on the rocks. I'm not that big of a girl yet, but like they'll drink like um, I've had crown apple, you know, crown apple. Tasty, just tasty for no reason. Crown peach, this was pretty good. I don't think I liked it as much as crown apple. But, you know, listen, the sin is getting drunk and overindulging and doing something stupid. You can have a little taste every now and then. Jesus said, Boop, keep the party going, turn water into wine <laughs> so that we can enjoy ourselves, okay? But, uh, yeah, that night, that day, I just wanted to try something different. It was just so much going on. I'm telling you, Johnny, it's just too much to even break down and tell you. It was just too much. One day I'll be able to process everything and I'll be able to say, boop, boop, this is what's going on. But today is not the day. Understood. I completely understand. Well, there were some good things that happened this week, though. Some good and bad. This week has been really intense. Let's say that. So one thing that happened is Judge Katanji Brown Jackson was nominated to be the first African-American woman to be a Supreme Court justice. So... We hope that she is confirmed, as I said before, we hope she's confirmed as quickly as Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed, because why would it be any other way? We've already set a precedent. Don't don't do it. Like, don't try us, please. But that was exciting. That was like super exciting. Right. And then what else? I'm trying to think of what else happened. Oh, I had my first match ever. So that was great. And we won. So that was also great. But I think that we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this Russia-Ukraine situation. Now, I don't want to have a whole episode about it um, because I honestly don't feel like I'm knowledgeable enough in the like history of the dealings with Russia and Ukraine and you know what their situation is. But I will say this. Anytime where anyone gets killed, it is a tragedy. 
I don't care what the circumstances are. When there's loss of life, it's tragic. When there's massive loss of life, it's even more tragic. The one thing that I have seen a lot of, though, is that, you know, especially floating around on the Internet, and I'm not talking like hard news, but just floating around on the Internet, is that the, how do I put this, the people who are trying to escape the Ukraine are, some of them are escaping, but the people who are having the most difficulty escaping Ukraine right now appear to be the black people. And this has kind of really illuminated the fact to me that anti-blackness is really prominent everywhere. It's not just here in the United States. And oftentimes we think about in the U.S. like, oh, you know, because of our history and how we got here, that it's just a, you know, racial tensions are just here. And that's not the case. I've seen video after video after video from this Ukraine-Russia situation. And, you know, I've seen everything from people being pushed off of a train because they were black and they were trying to take the white citizens first to safety and people just not being able to escape. And I even saw one post where basically a commentator was saying that the people who were white just deserved to be freed from the turmoil first. And it's really disturbing. But one of the things that one of our like faithful friends V, who comments and listens to the podcast all the time, she said that while our humanity is constantly being tested, she will continue to pray for those who are undeserving in the world. And I don't think that I could have put it any better. You know, in my mind, I say we pray for our enemies, but we remain vigilant. We still pray for them because they're going through something that, you know, you would you don't want anyone to go through, not even your enemies. So um, I completely agree with that. Um, the Ukraine situation honestly has given me straight up palpitations. I won't even lie. And I feel like it's, you know, the way that the Biden administration reacts to this in the weeks to come will really define his presidency. But um, yeah, I just feel sorry for them. Um, one other thing you said that happened this week, uh, Janine, Katanji Brown Okay, I had to go back there because the amount of I knew that he was going to nominate a black woman because he said that. Right. And the six nominees he had out there were all black women. But when he decided on Katanji, I was like, oh, he got him a black, black girl. I mean, did you think that too? Like, oh, okay, this ain't no fix up, dress up, weed flowing. You know, she's black, black. Right. She got her locks going or at least some twists. I don't know if they're real locks. I know they're at least twists, okay? She's black, black. She got melanin popping. She got a smile going. But, you know, one thing that we can't, I mean, so I'm proud of that. But it also lets me know that even as black women, we have to be in the inside, right? Because she's a, she's an inside player. People don't realize. They think because she got a name Katanji and she wearing her sister, her sister locks that she's not an insider. She's married to a white surgeon who is Boston elite, okay? Meaning his ancestors' 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 ancestors colonized this place, okay? He from oh, 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 money, okay? And to let you know how far oh, oh, money goes back, like his cousins and them are already in, in office, you know? Like Paul Ryan is her cousin through marriage, y'all. 
So I'm just like, man, what it, it Biden did play that very well because he was like, okay, they're not going to be able to tell this black woman no because she's your cousin, right? She's cousins with like a couple of them, right, in Congress, right? And she's already done her like shoulder rub. Her husband is a part of the Boston elite, which means that he know everybody in politics, but he just decided he was done with that. He was going to be a surgeon instead. Mm -hmm. And the optics of it, though, looks like she's a sister. And, and, and she is. I'm not downplaying her blackness. Mm -hmm. But she's a sister who's already in the family. Let's say that she's she's in the family. So but I but I had to put it out there. I had to put it out there. I literally thought the same thing when I saw it. I was like, and she has locks. They, she is not straightening her hair. She hasn't been for years. She's not conforming. Married to a white man or not, she clearly is a black woman, right? Like, it's there's no doubt in my mind. But you are absolutely right. She's in the, like, she's in the inside circle. And one of the things that I didn't know is that, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that she... Yes, she's a former clerk of Justice Breyer. So she literally was in, whether it was marriage or her working through her career. Look, she did exactly what needed to be done career-wise and socially to get to this point. And look, she is deserving of it. And I could not have, I literally thought the exact same thing, Nicole. I'm like, oh, she's real black. Like, not even light skin, curly hair. Like, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, we get it. Like, we're appreciative. And we're not being colorist. Let me be very clear about this. If she were light skin with straight hair, we would feel the same way because she was black, right? But this is like, there is no speculation as to where her ancestors came from. None at all whatsoever. You know she's black, black, right? Her hair is kinky. Her mouth probably real slick. But she did it. And I'm proud, let me tell you. But I would have been just as proud if she were light-skinned with long hair. Long, straight hair. But this is just a different pride that I have. Because she looks like me. Like, literally, she looks like me. She could literally be your cousin. <laughs> Right. I mean, sister lots and all, she could literally be your cousin and I'm here for it. Listen, so we've done all that and I have not asked you what's on your timeline this week. Okay, so you and I have talked about this before. Um, and we I think we discussed this a few weeks ago when the whole who eats first spouse or children conversation came out, right? So it's the great debate as people are putting it on the internet. And it's like, this is not a new debate. This is just a resurface debate. We are very well aware. But I feel like it's something that you should revisit maybe every five or 10 years because, you know, social norms change. But we're going to talk about it because we've only been podcasting for two years. So here we go. So there's a debate on the internet. And the topic of conversation is who eats first. And... It is literally on our timeline everywhere. Initially, when I saw it, it was on Instagram. Then it was on Facebook. Then it took to TikTok because people wanted to duet and give their responses to it. Ugh, it's just been a lot. Now it's everywhere. It's now on Twitter. And the Twitter feed is just intense, right? So this has been a topic of conversation for many, many years. 
I don't understand why people can't just do what works best for them. But look, we'll talk about it. So the debate is who should eat first? Should it be the man or the kids? Now, we know that the concept and the question itself are rooted in patriarchy. So please don't write us. We are very well aware, right? And we are also very well aware that it's sprinkled with toxic masculinity. We got it. We understand. We are just using the term man and children for the purpose of the conversation. If you are in a same-sex relationship or you don't subscribe to gender identity, then this either could or could not apply to you. But if it does apply to you, then take what we're about to say and make it fit your situation. So here goes. The question is about, like I said, who eats first, the man or the children? And this isn't a question about like who eats first if, you know, we're in our last days or we're rationing food. It, that's not what this is about. Let's be very clear. People like to veer off into those kinds of conversations. That's not this. This question is about when a woman cooks and or prepares a meal for her household, who does she prepare a plate for first? Her husband and or the man of the house or her children. So let's try to unpack this for a little. So the idea is that the man who is the head of the household, and I put air quotes, even though you all can't see them, who is the head of the household is supposed to be served by the woman before the children are served, right? That's the idea. Now, I personally feel that it's a bit antiquated. And, you know, admittedly, I get that some people still run their household like this. I just don't, right? That's not how I was raised, nor is it how I run my household. But there is something that we must take into consideration is that some people think that this is normal, right? First, when you're asking this question, the first questions that I have in response to it is, who is this man? Is this man your baby's daddy? Is he your fiance? Is he your husband? Is he your new boyfriend? And then the second question that I ask is, is the man the father of the children that are in this picture? Or is he not? Or is he a father of some of the kids and not all of the kids? And then my next question would be, what is the relationship between you and this man? And more importantly, what is the relationship between this man and your children? So when you answer all of these questions, then it kind of gives you an idea as to whether this concept of feeding the man first or the kids first, which, which one are you feeding? Now, here's the thing. If the man is the father of the children, right? Married or unmarried, I feel like if you are into this kind of gender role in your household, then you would feed the man first because he's the head of the household, right? If he is not the father of those children, then your priority is your kids, not this man, right? With the exception of if he is your husband, because even if you have children outside of your marriage, those kids are no longer a top priority when you take a vow to your husband and he becomes the head of the household. Then technically, again, if you go by these gender roles, then you should technically fix a plate for your husband first. 
Now, if the man is your husband or the man is not your husband and he's not the father of the kids, he's a new boyfriend, what are we even having a discussion for? Only people that you are responsible for are the kids that you gave birth to. Should he eat first? Should he not eat first? It's everyone's opinion, right? Based on their situation. Most people nowadays, I don't know too many people, and I don't know about you, Nicole, but I don't know too many people that fix their husbands a plate nightly, right? They may cook, the food is there, busy schedules, who's feeding the kid. It's kind of a rat race to get through everything that needs to get done before you get to bed, close your eyes, and start this rat race all over again tomorrow. That's how I feel. However, there clearly are some people who don't feel that way, right? As I said, this kind of moved over to Twitter. And one of the things that happened on Twitter was this conversation morphed a bit. And the Twitter thread started kind of like this. A man who goes by the handle Sheer Opulence, he asked a question. And his question basically was, on a post, a young lady said, when I have a man... I act different because I basically want to spend all of my time with my man, right? So yeah, I am a little bit more distant. Everything pretty much doesn't matter anymore. And he replied back, and it was a very unique comment that he said. Women really just are letting us, talking about men, come into their lives and get priority over everyone that they've ever known in like three months. And he said, he put, laughing his ass off, he said, it's a shame, which, look, I'm not mad at it because he's right. Think about it, Nicole. We all have that friend that when they get in a relationship, we don't see them as much. Their family doesn't see them as much. Their kids don't really take priority over everything else as they should. And not for nothing, I've seen a couple of, I won't even call them my friends. I've seen a couple of people that I know that, They get a new man, they're super excited to be in a relationship, and the man is always super fresh, and their kids are walking around in hand-me-downs with a runny nose. Problematic, right? But then, the relationship doesn't last, more often than not. They break up, and they start this whole process all over again. Honestly, we all know someone like that. Friends or not, we all know someone like that. And those, that's the situation that I think that people are talking about. No, you don't fix that man a plate before you fix your kids a plate. You make sure that your kids are taken care of. But that's not everyone's situation. Honestly, we all know that this isn't about a plate or food at all. But it's about what your priorities are, what your beliefs are, what systems work in your household, what you have set up for yourself. And what works in your household and what you do has nothing to do with anyone else. Everyone is going to have an opinion on this. Everyone is going to have an opinion on how you should run your household. Whatever you and your partner agree to is how you should run it. What do you think, Nicole? So I I saw the, uh, you know, first little TikTok about the woman and her man working a hard job. And so he working all day. And so, yes, she going to tell them kids to pull her his, their daddy's boots off. And she is going to let his her man get a shower and she's going to make sure he has a hot meal on the table because guess what? Those kids were not there working and slaving and they probably are ready to eight. I completely get that. Uh, I am a Southern woman and I have said this before. I live by, I have Southern values. Now I say that my husband is Southern. He's from Alabama, I'm from Louisiana. 
And um, my husband is very used to me asking him, hey, do you want me to fix you a plate? Okay. And I do every, before I eat or before anybody else in my house eats, I'm going to ask him if he wants a plate. That's just me. Now, mind you, most of the time, my husband is not ready to eat when everybody wants to eat. He will sit down, he'll pray over the food, and he is just going, 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 and has a thousand things he has to do. And so he'll say, I'm not hungry yet, or I'll fix my plate a little bit later. And he usually fixes his own plate. So I don't fix his plate every day, but I do ask him if he wants a plate whenever the food is ready. Now, truth be told, Harrison is probably the first person eating in my house because Harrison don't skip no meals. He wakes up, he says he wants breakfast. He goes sit in his chair, he grabs his iPad, and he knows he gets, this little two-year-old boy gets a hot cooked breakfast every single morning. He gets a fresh lunch every single day, and he gets a fresh dinner. Boy, doesn't need leftovers. It's crazy, little two-year-old. And he gets snacks in between. We cater to him, but if my husband is home, I will ask my husband if he wants to eat. And usually he'll sit at the table and eat with Harrison at the same time. We seldom all sit, which is sort of bad, but we seldom all sit at the table together unless it's like holidays and we're being very intentional. And that's just because of the frequency that Harrison eats. Harrison eats a lot more frequently than we eat and he's hungry and you can't really tell a two-year-old to wait. He ready to eat, he ready to eat. But I get what the woman was saying. Like, you got to cater. Like, I'm very used to catering and making sure that my husband has food because he is a very humble man. And he'll say, oh, everybody can eat first. Like, he'll go and pick food up or order food for us. And he'll say, oh, everybody can eat first. You know, I'll, I'll eat when everybody else is done eating because he wants to make sure that there's enough food for everybody. That's even if a friend pops up unannounced, he wants that person to eat first before he eats. So I have to say, hey, do you want me to fix you a plate? And sometimes I'll fix him a plate. If he's not ready, I'll put it to the side for him to eat later. That's looking out to make sure that my husband eats because I know him. He won't eat if, if, he, has, if he doesn't know everybody else is eating. But, um, but I completely understand. I think that in relationships and in marriage, you know, your husband, your spouse does come first. I mean, you together made the kids, you are partners. And what that looks like can be very different in, in other people's relationship. For some people, the, the spouse coming first means that they have to eat first. That's not necessarily true. You just have to have a mutual respect for one another. Now, I did see that conversation morph into y'all out here letting men that you've only known for three months getting away with everybody else you know. Now, ladies, some of y'all do act brand new and different when you get somebody new in your life. And I don't agree with that. I believe in making sure you're catering to your husband. But before I had this nice, shiny ring on my finger, my husband had to cater to me. You know, I'm not driving up and down the street to see you. You need to take some time to see me. If I'm hungry, I eat first because you need to make sure I'm fed. I mean, you have to work to get with all of this, okay? So I wasn't bending over backwards for this man when we were 
dating a couple months. Now, once we got serious, yeah, I, if I cooked for him, yeah, I'm going to fix his plate because I'm Southern like that. If we were, uh, you know, at a family event, yes, I'm going to fix his plate and bring it to him because I'm a Southern person. Like my family be looking at me crazy. He come home for Christmas. You didn't fix his plate. So, of course, I'm, I'm doing that. But I'm not bending over backwards for somebody I've only met two or three months. Like that kind of work has to be put in by him first before you even get in the mix of families and I'm making plates and things like that. And I'm making my schedule around yours. I think that we, we as women do tend to get too comfortable too fast and we give people, you know, we cater to people before they're putting the work in to get to know us first. So I think there's a difference between fixing your boyfriend's plate that you've only been dating for two or three months and you catering to your boyfriend versus you catering to somebody that you've been in the game with, who has some skin in the game with you, who's married to you, who you've been with for a number of years, who is your ride or die partner. Um, those are two different things. And I think we need to recognize and realize who deserves the plate to be fixed first versus the one that still needs to prove that they even need a seat at the table. Some of some of y'all men need to get to the kitty table. You bring them home, put them at the kitty table. Wow, not put them at the kitty table. A couple of things though. First thing is, you were a hundred percent right about James. I remember that when we were at your house, James like snuck out because he wanted to make sure that everybody had food and came back with food. I do remember that. So he is very much the person that wants to make sure that everyone else eats first. So. But that's a thing, right? But let me ask you this. If you were at an event, right, and you were tending to Harrison and making sure that Harris, Harrison was taken care of, and one of your friends or family members who was a female fixed James a plate because you were tending to Harrison, would you be offended? I said, yeah, don't fix my man no plate. Listen, my man has, I saw that TikTok where the girl was like, wait a minute, I, my husband's plate yeah thank you bye thank you and I was like my mom was like oh yeah you dang all right and I I think it's that's somebody that doesn't understand boundaries that even volunteered to do that okay don't volunteer now you can volunteer if we're somewhere together and you said do y'all want a plate I'm fixing both of y'all's plates and bringing it okay that's one thing okay or if Janine, you're you're there fixing your plate and you try to fix Ken's plate. And I say, let me hold one of the plates. You know, let me help you, girl, fix your husband's plate. That's different. But me talking to your husband, telling your husband I'll fix him a plate, that's flirtatious. I don't care who it is. Don't, if you're listening to this podcast and you know me and my husband, don't go fix my man. Do not talk to my man about fixing him a plate. I'll fix him a plate. And he better not ask you to fix him a plate. I'll fix his plate. Amen. But you know, the other thing that I feel personally is when we go somewhere else, that's not the case. You can fix your own plate. Like the concept that you're going to sit there and look, my family is Southern. I was born and raised in the DMV. So let me be very clear. It is not the South. I always feel this overwhelming anxiety when it's like 
I think it's more for me. I think it's more about the assumption that I'm obligated to do that than it is about the fact that I w- am willing to do it or not. Don't sit there and wait like I'm supposed like especially if you see me busy and doing things and coordinating the event itself. Don't sit there and wait for me to fix you a plate. Like get up, you have two hands and two legs, get up and fix your own plate. Like that's not the same scenario, right? And again, it's not that I'm unwilling to fix my husband a plate. It's more about you think someone thinking that I'm obligated to do so. He's perfectly capable of fixing his own plate. You can look at my husband and tell he is not missing any meals. He's fine. He'll be okay. Even if he does not eat at this meal, he will be just fine. I promise you. It's not that serious. It's never that serious to me. But for me, we all know that Jenny doesn't have kids, right? So I feel like in my household, if I'm doing the cooking, which nine times out of 10, I am doing the cooking. Now, Ken will help. He will chop some things up for us. But like cooking a full on meal, if you're waiting on it, mm -mm. he's good at ordering. Very good at ordering. Not so much cooking. But if I'm doing the cooking, the least you could do is come into the kitchen and fix your own plate. That's for me, right? I work every day the same way that Ken works every day. If I was a stay-at-home wife, it would be completely different. When I took a sabbatical and Ken worked every day and he was the only one working, he had a hot meal waiting for him every single night. But when we share all of the responsibilities, including a nine-to-five, Baby, you can fix your own plate. I promise it'll be okay. If I had kids, I think that whether I fix their plate first or not would really be determined by how old the kids were. If the kids are children, like Harrison's age, then of course you feed them first because they don't understand the concept of waiting for food, right? But if my kids are are preteens and teenagers, hey, the pot is over there. Everybody has to have some, here's the food, fix it yourself. If you have two arms and two legs and you're capable of doing things on your own, the least you can do is fix your own plate after I've cooked. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to say it's about the persona of it all, but, you know, being from the South, it's almost like there's just a, you know, when you are in public, especially when you're in public, now at home, you might lax that up, right? Maybe I'm not going to fix him. I'm asking if he wants a plate one time. He tell me not ready. Okay. The, the food's on the counter. Like if you want to go get it, you can go get it. But in public, oh, I'm fixing his plate. Like I don't want no woman in the South to be like, if he had, if he was with me, I would spoil him. Because women do that, especially in the South. No, baby, I can fix my husband plate and he can show me appreciation for it. And honestly, Janine, with when I married James, it took a minute for me to be okay not fixing his plate. Because for me, like cooking and fixing your plate and like doing all those little things, you know, baking for him, like all those little things that were appreciated in previous relationships. And that I watched my grandmother do for my grandfather. And that's just how we were brought up with when he would tell me like, no, I'm not, you don't have to fix my plate. Almost my, my feelings were almost hurt because I'm like, why won't you let me do my role in terms of making sure you're fed, you know? So I had to get used to use to that and realize like, there's nothing wrong. He just literally is okay fixing his own plate. But to each his own, right? Like do what works in your relationship. 
you know, everybody has different roles in relationships. Some people have joint accounts. Some people have individual personal accounts. Some people, you know, split their bills 50-50. Some people, the man pays all the bills. The woman's check goes towards the stuff of the kids. Everybody is different in terms of how they set up their household. Just respect the fact that your household and how you run your household may be completely different than how your best friend runs her household, okay? And I think that people have these blinders on, especially Americans, because, you know, we got to be right, right? Why do y'all do stuff like this? Oh my God, I can't believe y'all do stuff like that. I mean, unless it's extreme case, it just doesn't make sense. And this person is being like verbally abused, then, you know, realize that everybody has to do things that are like you, girl. People do things that are different. And so I think we need to learn to respect other people's relationships and we have to learn to uh, have boundaries. Now, I do think that some of us do need to stop ditching our friends as soon as we get in a relationship, okay? Kids aside, we, we do that. And some people, even when they have kids and they have their single moms and I have a relationship, all of a sudden the man has priority even over their kids, okay? Uh, which should not be the case. I said what I said, should not be the case. If you are a single parent, you can't neglect your children just to, you know, keep this man. You know, you got your kids sleeping on the sofa and you in a one bedroom apartment just so you can sleep in the bed with this man. You look crazy. You look crazy. Yeah, I agree. But I also, Nicole, look, I get it because you're Southern and you think that, you know, women are like, I would fix him a plate, right? I understand that. Completely understand that concept. But honestly, Nicole, and this is really bad of me, I think, but honestly, if someone said that to me, I would be like, well, you can fix his plate and you can keep him too. Because, like, that's just, you've crossed all kinds of boundaries at that point. Like, and I really don't have anything else to say to you. To be very honest, I would be no longer your friend if that was the kind of woman that you were. But I just would like us to think of this, like, shocking phenomenon in, in 2022, right? The idea of us being, having equal roles, like if we're going to eliminate these gender roles, we still have to like fix plates. That's the part I'm not understanding. Like we're working every day. And what happens if the woman is the breadwinner? You expect me to be the breadwinner and you want me to fix your plate? Like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not okay with that. If that works for you, like it works for you, Nicole, if that works for you, then great. We should remember that, Partners aren't slaves. Treat your partner how you want to be treated. All right, Janine. So you want to talk through these scenarios that our listeners sent us in? Sure thing. Let's do it. All right. So um, I have a letter from Linda. And the letter reads, Nicole and Janine, I think I'm about to lose a close friendship. She doesn't respect my relationship with my boyfriend. My best friend and I used to hang out frequently after work when we were both single. Once she got into a relationship, she went ghost. I mean, I didn't see her for almost six months straight. We chatted on the phone from time to time, but she spent a lot of time going to events and out to eat with her boyfriend. Now they've been broken up for a little over three months. I now have a boyfriend. Despite me having a man, I still made time to go to lunch and to get our scheduled manis and petties together. However, 
The Southwest Regional Conference of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated is coming up in the next few weeks. My bestie asked about going to the gala together. I told her I was going to bring my boyfriend, but we could sit at the same table. She got mad. She accused me of choosing my boyfriend over her and said I dropped everything for him. I was so shocked and confused that I didn't know what to say. Yes, when I'm with him, I try to limit my social calls, but I don't consider that dropping everything for him. Ladies, am I wrong for choosing to bring my boyfriend to the gala and limiting calls with friends when he's around? Your opinion is appreciated, Linda. Okay, so I don't really know how these sorority galas work, but it seems that you would want to bring a date. That's just me. I mean, generally when I think gala and if I'm thinking black tie, I'm bringing a date because I'm not about to be hugged up on the arm of a woman walking the red carpet unless it's like my mom or my child or something like that. Like, I'm confused. Maybe it's me. Is that how they normally work? Like, I don't know. But, girl, Linda, it sounds like your your bestie might have a little tinge of jealousy here. That's just what it seems like to me. It seems like you have figured out a healthy balance. You're limiting your calls when you're with him. It's not like you all have completely lost contact. You haven't cut your friends off. That's not what the complaint is. The complaint is about a gala. Like, ooh, we might need to reevaluate this friendship. Not because I feel like you're doing anything wrong. Now, if you are not giving us all of the information and you have become super distant, then that might be a thing. Because he still is just your boyfriend. He's not your husband. But you can't get to him being your husband if you are constantly hanging out with your friend. We all know that point in a relationship when the relationship is becoming serious and we know we have to put a little bit more time and effort into the relationship than we have been in the past. We all know that. So if you feel like you have to put more time and effort into your relationship right now, you're probably right. If you think that this is your future husband, probably doing the right thing. But I'm a little concerned about your friend. Your friend feels like she might not really understand how things are supposed to go. And look, if you feel like you're going to lose a friendship over this, I always say some friendships are for a lifetime and some friendships are just for a season. Please know the difference because that's super important. And dragging friends along that are really only meant for a season, it can be detrimental to you and your future success. So maybe you should let this friendship go. Hopefully you don't have to, but it seems like that might be the thing. What do you think, Nicole? Well, it sounds like um, it sounds like her friend, I agree, is a little bit jealous. I mean, why can you be understanding? I, I feel like I'm usually the friend that's understanding, right? And my friends don't understand me. Now, I've gotten better friends now, but there was a time in my life where I felt like I was the only person flexing. And when it was time for them to flex, they didn't want to flex, right? And that's with that's on anything, not just with like a boyfriend and them being understanding, but like, okay, you got something that you want to do and I'm supposed to help you do it, like an event or something. But then I got an event and you too busy to come over here and stuff these bags. Like, I cannot stand that. Like, why am I the person that's always trying to figure out what to do or trying to be helpful to other people? But then when it's time for me, to need help, that same help, that level of help is not reciprocated. So I had to start checking my friendships. Like who are the friends that are really down? Who's going to come and stay up with until two o'clock with me? 
to stuff these envelopes and to stuff these bags that I'm helping? Who or, or is it just that when you need something, you want me to stay up to two o'clock in the morning to help you? Same thing. This friend wants you to be understanding when she was in a relationship, she went ghost for six months, talked to you. Hey, girl, I'm just checking in. Oh, I've been with my boy. I've been booed up. How you been? Da, 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 da. Right. And so when she breaks up with her boyfriend, you're supposed to be there at a beck and call. You help her get over her relationships. You're doing things with her and spending time with her. You got a boo and you still taking the time to get your mani patties every two weeks or however often you get them. Most of us get them every two weeks. And to, to go on these outings, you go on a brunch, you know, probably once every couple of weeks with her. That's more than enough time. Okay. And we're in the middle of a pandemic, more than enough time. But she wants you to do not only that, but since y'all are both women of Alpha Kappa Alpha, and I'll say it because some of us, you know, some of us ain't right. Okay. We ain't all right. You want her to go because you lonely. You want her to be lonely. He says, you think you're going to be looking dateless. You want her to be dateless, but she got a man and she's not about to neglect her man because her man's going to be looking at her like you went to a whole gala and you didn't invite me. Like, am I not good enough to go to the gala with you? It's a gala. And I don't care if it wasn't a gala. Let's say it was just like an after five event. If it calls for people to bring a date. How dare your friend get mad when you actually bring a date, okay? So I think that this friend may have some jealousy. She would have probably been okay with you bringing your boyfriend if she had a boyfriend. And you would have probably been okay with her bringing her boyfriend if you didn't have a boyfriend because you've been the one flexing. So I'm going to challenge you to upgrade your friends to say this is a use-use situation because realistically, all friendships are or relationships to use each other. And as soon as you realize that, you will be better, okay? It's using. Like, who can I identify with to use you when I need you? And you can use me when I need you. Same thing a marriage is. The only difference a marriage is, is you have an intimacy in here. But it's still a friendship relationship where you use each other for benefit, right? You use one another. Case in point, Ken and Janine are married, okay? We probably wouldn't be on this network if Ken and Janine weren't married. But Ken, guess what? He's the head honcho. So Janine uses him to create our podcast. I'm just an innocent bystander as a friend who gets a little perk, okay? So she uses him, and in turn, he will probably ask her to do some favors. Whether that's connecting, helping edit, hey, you need to do the stuff for this other podcast because I put y'all on. It's a use you situation. That's what relationships are, okay? A husband does that too. Hey, listen, you got to take your camera. I'm going to need you to do this event. I'm going to need you to edit these pictures for me, okay? And this friend, why? Because your is my and my is your right? Same thing. That's what relationships are, okay? But if you can't have the use, use relationship with this friend, you need to get another friend because the using can't be one way. It, it can't be one way. You got to be helpful both ways. That's so true. Like, I couldn't have said it better myself. We have this idea that, like, 
relationships are not supposed to be transactional. They are 100% transactional. No one is so exciting. You just want to spend the time around them and be in their presence. I mean, my aura is amazing, as is yours, Nicole. But you don't want to just hang around me if you're not getting anything out of it. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Like, if you're not gaining knowledge, you're not gaining experience, you're not gaining opportunity, what are we hanging out for? You are using someone for something all of the time. Let's not pretend like we don't. So I love that, Nicole. And maybe maybe if more people remembered that, there wouldn't be a great debate on the internet about who's who gets the first plate. Okay, I'm going to move on to my letter. This one says, Dear Nicole and Janine, I was raised in a very traditional, very religious household in Birmingham, Alabama. As soon as I was of age, I packed my things and moved to Atlanta. I am now 33 years old with a new husband of my own. And she puts in parentheses, we just got married last year. And I'm planning to start a family. My Pentecostal mother said I'm not ready to start a family because I haven't learned to prioritize my husband yet. While I understand why she's saying these things and what her thought process is, I do not agree with her opinion. I'm grown and my husband has no complaints. And honestly, I believe you should always prioritize yourself. How can I convince my mother that I'm ready to have kids? Signed, Chanel. Chanel, you're not telling us enough information because I am confused as to why you can understand why your mom feels that you're not ready to have kids. Sound like your mom said you weren't ready to be married because you don't know how to prioritize your husband. That's suspect right there. And now you're married. Your husband has no complaints. But you're trying to convince your mom that you're ready to have kids. Sound like you need to convince your mom that you are good in your marriage first. But I'm wondering, why is it that your mom thinks that you weren't ready to be married because you don't know how to prioritize your husband? Now, you have told us that that you are the priority, right? Girl, you're going to have to fix that, okay? Because if you think that you're the priority, and he thinks that he's a priority, then he's not a priority to either one of y'all. So who's looking out for him, okay? So usually I would think, and like it, this goes back to that use you situation. Somebody, you know, when you're in a relationship, I mean, you, a serious relationship or marriage, you're with that person because you love them so much that you would do anything for them. Like they are your other half, Right. When you think about yourself, you automatically think about them because they are legally your other half, right? So you sitting here saying that in a relationship, you think you should prioritize yourself, to me shows me that you have some, some selfish tendencies, okay? Which is probably why your mom was like, you ain't ready to get married. You don't know how to prioritize your man because you admittedly are not prioritizing your man. You're prioritizing you, okay? So I would say... Perhaps figure out why is it that you can't let your guard down enough to allow yourself to care about your husband as much as you care about yourself, okay? Because becoming a parent is a very selfless act, okay? And it is 
uh, a job that you do not get a reward for, okay? My two-year-old has no idea the sacrifices we make for him on a daily basis. Have no idea what I went through in that pregnancy to get him here. Has no idea of the things that we do to make sure that he has the things that he not only needs, but that he wants. And we look at Harrison all the time. Two-year-old, he put his feet up. He put prop his feet up on the table, hand on his, on his head, clicking on his iPad or what have you, running around picking one of his little power wheels. And he's just thinking that that's the norm, right? I'm supposed to have these things. Why? Because he's two. He doesn't understand the sacrifices that you make. So you'll be busting your butt for somebody that has no idea. And if you remember how you acted towards your own parents, when you packed your stuff up, thought you were grown. How old did she say she was when she packed up and left, Janine? She said of age, so I assume that's 18. Okay, so you thought you were grown, thought you would be on your own, right? You were ungrateful at that point. You packed your stuff up and you went from small town of Birmingham, which is not that small anymore, to the big city of Atlanta, hot Atlanta, right? Real hot girl stuff is what you did. And... You thought you were grown. So think about how you didn't value your parents then. That's how your kids are going to think about you. Okay. So it is a very uh, thankless role that you have for the rest of your life. And that's probably what your mom was talking about when she said, you're not even ready to be a wife because you don't prioritize your husband. Because you got to prioritize your husband before you have kids to know how to prioritize your kids, to keep them in that order. Because let me tell you something. If you don't prioritize your husband in your relationship, you have kids, you will be a single parent. Okay, real quick with some ungrateful kids who don't understand the things you've done to sacrifice. Because that's what kids are. They don't understand that. Okay, not even the kids fault. It's not like you created brats. I mean, no kid understands. If you're raising them right, they shouldn't understand. Oh, my mom is struggling to get. I mean, they shouldn't understand that. Right. So it's not their fault. But you're going to be going at this alone prioritizing yourself instead of prioritizing your spouse and your relationship because it's give and take you have to prioritize each other okay for the link to stay strong okay you're looking out for him he's looking out for you and then once you learn how to to be selfless in a relationship then you know how it will feel to be selfless together as parents now that's just my two cents but I, but again, Chanel didn't tell us enough information. I think she's trying to hide stuff, cause so because she knew I don't want to tell them too much. I don't want to tell them why my mama think that. But I just want them to agree that I'm 33 and I'm a grown woman and I have to make my own decisions. I want somebody to say that out loud, right? That's what she thinks that we're gonna say, okay? But in all actuality, we ain't dumb. You left something out, okay? And just because your age is 33 doesn't mean that intellectually and emotionally you are 33, especially if you're doing stuff like saying out loud, I prioritize myself in my relationship. Oh, well, do you? And you about to bring some children into the world? Oh, okay. Let us know how that works out, girl. I was thinking the same thing, Nicole. So the first question that I really have is why are you trying to convince your mother that you're ready to have kids. Like, what does your mother really have to do with this? Honestly, because maybe it's me, but at 33, you should be self-sufficient. 
does your mother still support you? Is that what this issue is? Because it seems like you left something out, as Nicole said. But it seems like what you left out is probably the biggest piece. Prioritizing your husband, you you seem a little selfish. Let me be very honest. Like, I get that prioritizing yourself for your health and your well-being and making sure that you're a great, you're in a good mental space so that you can be good for everyone else is is important. But the way that this letter comes across, it just seems like you haven't really thought this through very well. Like you just want to have kids for the sake of having kids because you just got married and you're still on this high. Girl, get another year under your belt of marriage first. That's actually my bigger concern, not necessarily that your what your mother is saying. Like marriage is hard. And you said you just got married last year. I'm assuming that means 2021. But either way, like get some time under your belt figuring one another out first before you decide that you want to bring some kids into this. That's my first part. But if you insist on convincing your mother, I would just tell her that here's your belief system and I and I respect it, but I don't agree with it. And just because that's how your mother believes doesn't mean necessarily that it's right. Like she grew up in a different era than you did. She has different beliefs. She doesn't, I mean, your mother might've been a stay-at-home mom. Who knows? But my point is, why even go through all of this trying to convince your mom? The one last thing is, Chanel, I'm glad that you are so diligent about making time and space for prioritizing yourself, right? I'm glad you're diligent about that now because guess what? When you pop out these babies, you're not going to have any choice but to prioritize them. Otherwise, you will be locked up in prison. You hear what I tell you? Your job when these babies come out is for the first couple of years is your only job is to make sure that they stay alive. They are the priority. You miss sleep. You miss hair appointments. You miss nail appointments. You miss everything that resembled your normal life before because you have to keep this little thing alive. Okay? So prioritize away with yourself right now. But wait until you pop out these babies. Mm -mm. Good luck. Good luck with prioritizing yourself then. All right, Johnny. So what did you learn new this week? I actually found eight deal breakers for single parents if they're dating. This actually came from medium.com, which is an online magazine. One is if they ignore or expect you to ignore your kids, that's probably a red flag. Number two, if they are demanding that you prioritize them ahead of your children, that is also a red flag. If they push you too hard to meet your children too soon, that is a red flag. I think that's one that we're kind of familiar with, but you never know when the right time is, right? Number four is mistreating or even abusing your children. And that's not just physical abuse or physically mistreating them. That is mental, emotional, all of that, right? Number five, telling you how to parent, especially if they're not parents, right? Because if, if you're dating someone who doesn't have kids and they want to tell you how to parent, that's problematic, more so than them just trying to tell you how to parent if they have kids. Number six, unwillingness to be a part of your children's life. That kind of goes along with uh, number one, ignoring your kids or expecting you to ignore your kids. Number seven, if your children aren't comfortable around them, it's probably a red flag. And then number eight is having kids of their own 
that they don't take care of or see. Now, if you were a man or a woman and they have kids of their own and they don't take care of them or see them, giant red flag. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? So I uh, loved and appreciated those tips. I looked at an article on bold.com and that article was called, what will happen if you keep choosing your boyfriend over your friends? And there were several points of the article, but the points that stuck out of the things that will happen are these four. And they said, uh, the article said, one, you'll put unnecessary pressure on your relationship. Two, you might lose your friends for good. Three, your your boyfriend will become your life. And four, he'll start to feel smothered and resent you. So don't put your boyfriend over your friends. Now, I will say that for me reading this article, I was like, who are they talking about? Because realistically, to me, this is somebody that only sees their boyfriend over their friends and has no type of balance at all, which is problematic in itself. So take that little list with a grain of salt. All right. Are you ready for the motivational moment? Yes, ma'am. And it reads, ladies, how you prioritize your friendships versus intimate relationships is all about balance and boundaries. Make time to cultivate your friendships, schedule periodic outings together. Likewise, invest effort into your romantic relationships as well by being intentional with date nights and entanglements on special occasions. If a relationship is important to you, make that person know they have a special place with you that won't be challenged by new relationships that will arise in the future. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.